I'm not sure how uh, this is going to work. I'm in the car. Okay. And um, I don't know if my connection is going to stay or it's going to go. All right. But, well, right now it's good. Yeah. So um, I listened to that first Bill Winston that you sent me. Yep. And then I just picked a random one that came up and it was about think and faith and believe or whatever. And um, he said something and it just really hit me. And I was like, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that right now in the name of Jesus. I'm taking it. The, and, sir? The first one I sent you was part one. There's three parts in that series. Right. Um, oh, gosh, the road is closed. That's really good. Um. Yes, when it finished, though, it clicked out. It clicked out, and so when I went back to YouTube, I just grabbed the first video of him. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Yep. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. That's that's. You know, like I said, I have a list of God's generals, and those are that's who I spend time with. Hi, guys. Hi, Aaron. Uh, it's getting cold. Yeah, I remember. I remember when you worked every day in three foot of snow outside. Yeah, you know what I remember? Being indoors during the winter, even at work now. <laughs> I am a wuss when it comes to the cold now, man. I can't take it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I see. All right. Well, Daddy, Daddy made you tough, man. Yeah. The world makes you soft. <laughs> Listen, I am in the fashion business. Like, I sell shoes and purses and wallets and belts. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. Dad, okay. I wore a floral button up to work today. Gosh. <laughs> I heard him. I heard him. Ah. Well, that's okay. Your brother's like dressing up like I dream of Jeannie. <laughs> okay. So tonight we are in, um, well, we're going to start out in Matthew 25. But uh, last night we were talking about the unfaithful will be denounced. That's the section that we were in. So when we when we dropped off last night, we had two more verse sections to go through. Both of them you're familiar with. In fact, I might just highlight them because we've gone over them so many times. Uh, I don't want to beat that dead horse anymore. And we might go on to the next section. And the, the next section is uh, unfaithful 
unfaithfulness illustrated as unfruitfulness. Um, so without further ado, let's, let's say our prayers. So without further ado, let's say our prayers and then we'll get rolling. Aaron, are you home yet? I am driving. I will be sitting in the parking lot for a portion of this Bible study, but I'm attending. Well, that's good. That's 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 faithfulness, sir. Huh? Thank you. That's that's faithfulness. All right. Let's say our prayers. Father, thank you for this time together as a family to read your word. Thank you for the opportunity to study and learn. And thank you so much. I thank you so much for the opportunity to be a teacher, to be a tool, to be used by you. I pray that you would use my lips, speak through me, think through me, fill me with your presence. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. I yield myself up, a willing vessel. And our family yields up our hearts as one. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay. I don't know if Dad told you, but he is in the car, probably on his way home now. Jenny took him to church tonight. Yeah, he texted me earlier and said he was going to church tonight. All right. Good for him. Yes, indeed. He had breakfast with the pastor this morning. Right had on. a three-hour breakfast. Huh. It was uh, good. They, those three-hour breakfasts generally are good. Indeed. Okay. So uh, I'm going to recap for us that last night we were finishing up our section on uh, the unfaithful will be denounced. In the last two verses, the last two verses, I'm just going to go over them um, quickly. The last two verses that we were supposed to have gone over in that section was Matthew 25 verses 24 through 30. And Luke 19 verses 20 through 27. Both of those, both of those are talking about uh, the parable of the talents. And, and specifically those sections of verses are dealing with the last servant, the one who had one talent given to him and went and buried it in the ground. And and so, actually, several Bibles will call that last section the parable of the slothful servant. It, and it's a parable within a parable. So, so the, the, the whole section is the parable of the talents in the last section about this, the, the servant that buries his talent in the ground is, is a slothful servant. It's a lazy servant, an unfaithful servant. And, and so as we go through those sections, as, and the way that I, I laid these out, my, my heart's desire is 
is to teach this in such a manner that as we increasingly come to our understanding or renew our minds to unfaithfulness, that we are repulsed by the unfaithfulness or repulsed by unfaithfulness, that, that we start becoming aware of unfaithfulness and that we, we, are, we reject unfaithfulness both in our own lives and we can begin to recognize it in, in the scriptures, that we can recognize it in other people, the actions around us are actually actions of unfaithfulness. And, and therefore, we can become watchmen on the walls and we can warn others about their unfaithfulness. Because as, we, as we've learned several times now in this study, the person who holds back their hand from doing God's work is also unfaithful. The person who holds back their words from warning their brother or sister is also unfaithful. The person who is, uh, whose strength is small or who is cowardly in time of adversity is also unfaithful. Um, then I, I, I want us to know, going into this next section that we're about to cover right now, I want us to know that we know that we know that unfruitfulness is unfaithfulness. It's important for us to know that unfruitfulness is unfaithfulness. That a failure to bear fruit is unfaithfulness. And, and so if it, takes, if it takes fear of the Lord to get us off our duffs, to do what we're supposed to do, then so be it. If that's what it takes, then that's what we have to do. And if we have to stir that up in us every single day to keep us moving forward, then that's what we should do. So our verses tonight, we're going to start out in, in section number seven of our study. This is part, uh, part six, actually, of our, of our Bible study on unfaithfulness. But it's, it's subpart, if we, if we were look, going over the outline, this is section number seven, unfaithfulness illustrated as unfruitfulness. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter three. Turn your Bibles to Matthew, chapter three, and, and look down to verse 10. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees, therefore. Every tree which brings not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. This is, this is Jesus giving us confirmation that every tree that does not bear fruit will be chopped down. Now jump over to Mark chapter 11. Matthew, Mark chapter 11. I don't have my fancy little pink notes in my Bible today. <laughs> so 
I'm running handicapped with everybody else. Mark 11, verses 13 and 14. And this is the story where Jesus saw the fig tree. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came to see if he could find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found that it had nothing but leaves. For the time of the figs was not yet. So now the book of Mark specifically tells us this wasn't even the time yet for the for fig trees to bear fruit. That it was not time. This is an important factor for you to realize in this in this message. This is not the time for fig trees to bear fruit. Not only this fruit, this tree didn't have any fruit, but every fig tree everywhere right then did not have any fruit. Jesus walked up to that fig tree to see if it had anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves for the time of the figs was not yet. It wasn't the season of the figs. And Jesus spoke and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. All right. What just happened here? Now we know, I'm going to go ahead and finish this parable so that we can talk about it. And his disciples heard it. They came to Jerusalem and Jesus went into the temple, began to cast them out that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables and the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying unto them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of all nations, the house of prayer. But you have made it a den of thieves. And, and we know this story about Jesus chase, chasing everybody out of the temple. And, and as they left, when they're returning, they saw the tree. And what was the tree like? Everybody knows the story. The tree was shriveled up. It was dead. And his disciples marveled and said, oh my gosh, how fast this tree shriveled up. And, and Jesus teaches them again about their faith, right? You have faith even as a mustard seed. You can tell this mountain to move. All right. So what's the point of this as it pertains to as it pertains to our message tonight? Unfruitfulness is unfaithfulness. Jesus come to the tree and he expected fruit to be there for him. He didn't care if it was in season or out of season. The thought never crossed Jesus' mind. Jesus came to his tree and he expected that tree to have fruit on it. And sometimes we start thinking that when the right season comes, we also will bear fruit. We think to ourselves, when I get done with this study or when I know this much scripture, then I'll also go out and I'll do what the Lord wants me to do. 
or when I get some more foundation under my feet in this word, then I'll go. And in that season, I'll go out and I'll bear fruit. Or many other such excuses we have to wait for another season before we bear fruit. We can bear fruit in in or out of season at any time because the fruit that we bear, it doesn't care about the seasons. The fruit that we bear is the fruit of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it can, it can be born at any time in accordance with his will. I remember taking Aaron to the park and telling him after church on Sunday that we were going to go witness, that we were going to go walk through the park and witness. In those days, Aaron, Aaron's heart was on fire for God. He was on fire. And Aaron would run at people. They would step back like, what the? He would literally run. I wanted to walk up to people and witness to them. But Aaron's, Aaron's way was that he saw people and he was like, hey, there's an opportunity. And we could talk to them about Jesus. And he would take off like a shot and run 100 yards to him, you know. And I'd come walking along. I'd come walking along. And I, you know, the whole time, shame on me, I was thinking, son, nobody's going to be led to Christ like that. You're scaring them. But, you know, I'd walk up to, the, to them and they're standing there talking to Aaron. And Aaron would be like, dad, dad, they, they want to hear about Jesus. Come on. Aaron was bearing fruit out of season in his own way. Because, because he was bearing fruit with the whole heart, with all, with, with all he knew. Exercising all he had. And he was bearing fruit. All right. Our, our next reading tonight is in the book of John. And it's out of chapter 15. We're going to be starting at verse 2. Get Raiden raising to the challenge over there. Raiden used to be so quick with the Bible. He would beat all of the boys. They'd all be lined up flipping through their Bibles. And he was he was a gunslinger with his Bible. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to be reading to you from 15.2, and I'm going to read through 15.6, okay? Every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit... He takes away, God prunes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he'll prune it. So that it might bring forth more fruit. We talked about that a couple nights ago. 
we talked about there are fruit trees. There are certain fruit trees that if they're not pruned, they'll stop bearing fruit. And if they are pruned, they'll bear fruit abundantly. Now, are you clean through the word which I have spoken unto you? Or you're already cleansed by means of the word. You're pruned. Okay? This is Jesus saying, you are pruned because of the teaching I've given you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, except that it abides in the vine. No more can you, except you abide in me. So, in other words, he's saying, so neither can you, except that you abide in me. How do we abide in Christ? Jesus is the word of God. He is the word of God. How do we abide in the word of God? We abide in the word of God. Just like we are now. Right now we're abiding. We're abiding in him. Keep God's word alive in our hearts. Not in our minds. Our minds aren't going to heaven with us. In our hearts. Verse 5. I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abides in me. And I in him, the same will bring forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If any man abides not in me, he's cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men will pick them up, gather them up, and cast them into the fire. And they'll be burned. So, we, we will continue to study on uh, the, the unfruitfulness, being unfaithfulness for one more night. And after that, that the next section we're into is, is marriage and unfaitfulness. We're going we're gonna to transition from talking about unfaithfulness, unfaithfulness to talking about unfaithfulness in our marriage and there's there's my my entire experience of being born again my entire spirit uh, experience of sanctification circled around my misconception of my faithfulness in marriage i have always always thought I was faithful, and I've and and even now, if you ask my exes, they will tell you I was faithful. I've always been a one-woman man. I've never been a guy that goes and drinks and hangs out with my friends. I've never been a guy that goes running around to sporting events or bars or any of those things. That's not me. I I don't do those things. And so, and, and, and I always try to give my wife the best that I can give her. Um, and I, I really truly thought that that equated to my faithfulness. 
and that my faithfulness equated to my righteousness. And so when there were problems, I felt self-righteous. I was sure that the problems were not due to anything I was doing. And that none of the blame was on me. But when the Lord sent his mighty man of God to come and witness to me in my driveway, his mighty man of God asked me if the Lord came and sat down to eat with you guys right now and heard everything that both of you had to say, who would be to blame? And in that moment, entering into my heart came a secret knowledge, a supernatural understanding of my responsibilities in my family to be faithful. That my responsibility was to bring God's word into my house. My responsibility was to be an example of God's word in my house. My responsibility was to teach my children and my wife and to be an example. I wasn't supposed to hold them down and beat them to death with the Bible, although that was much easier than the alternative. Um, and, 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 and even now I, I struggle to, to be that example rather than turning and condemning to just walk on and lead by example instead of being someone who turns and condemns others. Our place is not to condemn others. God doesn't want us to condemn others. We're not supposed to be looking for reasons to find fault in them. We're supposed to be looking for reasons to find forgiveness. God doesn't want sacrifices from us. He wants mercy. And those of us who give mercy will receive mercy. And I thank God that he broke my heart and taught me this lesson just in the nick of time to, for this message to seat in Aaron's heart before he left. This this word, these lessons had time to take deep root in Aaron's heart. He got to see the change in his dad because I literally beat the same wisdom and not knowledge and understanding that my dad beat into me. I beat it into Aaron. And as we started reading God's word, I realized how much of it was completely wrong that I had spent most of his life teaching him completely wrong and not knowing. So I thank God that I had a chance to turn that around and that what is good and right has been planted in my children and in my home. And if we are to avoid the label of unfaithfulness, this is exactly what we must do. It's, it's not our job to run around finding all the flaws in everyone else. It's our job to be the example. It's our job to be a light. A light that they see in the darkness where they stand. And they're drawn to the light. 
and they come to the light. And it can be frustrating because some people are so used to being in the dark that they resist coming to the light. Some people won't want to come to the light just because they know who you were before. It will take time. And it'll take love. A prophet is not without dishonor except in his own home. There will be people who know who you used to be. Ask my little brother. He knows who I used to be. And he can't give up on that idea of who I used to be. And so he keeps convincing himself that all this is it's just it's a it's a it's a phase, it's a it's a cover up, it's a costume. But when he was sick and in the hospital and I was talking to him every day, I told him, you're going to be all right. You're getting out of there. And he said, how do you know? I said, because God hears my prayers. God hears my prayers. And he can't attribute where he's standing today to God. I pray his eyes would be open and his heart would be softened. I'm, I can't help but think all the time that the reason why he's so hardened and twisted is because his big, big brother ran off and left him. <clears throat> Sometimes big brothers run off and start their life and forget all about their little brothers. And we don't realize the damage it does. Mm-hmm. And how much they looked up to us. How much they needed us. There's unfaithfulness there too. So since dad's not with us tonight, I'm going to pray us out. Or Actually, I would like it very much if mom would pray us out. Mom, would you mind? Not at all. Please pray us out. All right. Father God, how grateful we are for the blessing of you, of your love, of your connection with us, of your being in us and around us, of your word that draws us stronger into you an understanding that we've never had before. And I, I bless your holy name. And I thank you, Father, from the bottom of my heart. Lord, I thank you for the family. I thank you for the joy you set before us. I thank you, Lord, for learning about this fruitfulness. This is exactly opposite of sitting in a church and being fed week after week after week and maybe writing a check that's not a full tithe, but it's, I give to the church. But 
but I'm busy living my life and I just add the church stuff on top of it kind of like carrying a rabbit's foot and you won't let us stay that way Lord I bless your holy name don't never never let us stay that way another minute but give us your wisdom and I thank you for my son that speaks your wisdom into our hearts. I thank you for what you're doing in his life and in his family. I thank you for, for all the joy that you've given us. For each member of, of our families, we ask, Lord, that you allow us to see you drawing and then moving towards you. I praise you in all that you do. And Lord, I will follow my husband in asking you to bless our country, our nation, the people that are in authority. Father, remove those that have no interest in doing your will and give favor to those that do. And I thank you, Father, for this land. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. <coughs> Good night, family. Good night, my darling. Good night, guys. Love, <laughs> Love you. you. <laughs> Good night, grandsons. Y'all make me so happy. Hmm? Yeah.